Hello and welcome to the All Creatures Great and Gone podcast with me, Carrie Cairns, Pets Bereavement Counsellor. Welcome to episode 13, where today is just me talking about something that happened to me recently and it has an impact on what I do and what I have been doing and so I just wanted to make this episode just to talk about it. So it's a little self-indulgent episode because it's all about me. But I feel that it's important and I feel that it may resonate with some other people out there. And so here we go. So all my life I have always felt different. I've never quite fit in with my peers, never understood the rules of the playground, didn't really understand conversation, uh, interrupted people a lot by mistake because I used to get so excited about things. I had interests and still do have interests that other people may find a bit weird. So a bit of personal background, I'm really into dinosaurs, fossils, moss, lichens, fungi, photography, things like that. Always have been, always will be, nothing wrong with it, it's just my thing. And obviously grief and death, thanatology is another special interest of mine and is part of the reason why I'm so passionate about what I do as a career because I just want to know everything about it. It really interests me and I just want to know why people behave the way that they do and how they feel and what ways I can help people with how they're feeling and understand people better when they are suffering grief and going through bereavement. So ever since I was a kid, I've always been like the weird kid, the loner, um, just seen as a bit odd. And never really fit in. I tried to be a bit of a social chameleon, tried to blend in, tried to dress like everyone else, tried to act like everyone else. And for some reason, I couldn't keep it up. And the quote, air quote, real me always came out at some point. And friendships that I thought I'd established just disintegrated because I was just seen as just a bit much, a bit weird. There's nothing wrong with being weird. I'm happy to be weird. But I just didn't fit in. And I'm 40 now. And I, I've always felt different. I've always known that I don't see the world the way other people do, but I didn't realise why. And long story short, on the 18th of January this year, I was formally diagnosed with autism spectrum condition. Or, or it was formally autism spectrum disorder, but it isn't a disorder, it's, it's a condition. There's nothing wrong with me. I don't need a cure I'm not broken, I don't need fixing, I just see the world differently, my brain developed differently, you know, this is something I was born with, this is something I will always have, this is just me, it's not going to change, I wouldn't change it if I could, Um, although the only thing I would change about being autistic is the way that others view me as an autistic person, which is something for another time, if people are interested. So, the way that this affects me professionally is it doesn't really have a negative impact on my clients it doesn't have a negative impact on people I interact with in a professional setting but it has always had a slightly negative effect on me personally and mentally and emotionally because I have always been like a chronic people pleaser and I just want to help And I think that's why I do what I do, because I can't bear the thought of people 
being really upset about the loss of a companion animal and having no support out there. It doesn't sit right with me, it never has. And that is why I am so passionate about the work that I do, because I want to be there for you. I want to help you see a way forwards. I want to help you through your pain and let you know that you don't have to do this alone. So before a session with a client, I would get so nervous, so anxious to the point of nausea and I would be shaking. I couldn't have anyone talk to me or distract me or be near me before a session because I was so focused on what I imagined was going to be said, what I would imagine people would say to me, how would they expect me to respond, what do I need to say in order to do my job, what if I get it wrong, what if I cause more harm than good, what if I forget something important, what if this person feels that they've wasted their time with me, all these things that used to go through my head before a session. And deep down, I know my job. I know I am trained and more than qualified to do what I do. I know I can do this job. And the reviews that I've had from clients, either during a session or afterwards, have always been extremely positive. You know, people have said, you've really helped me. I didn't see it that way before. Thank you for your input and your perspective. And that is why I push through and I do what I do. So during a consult, um, I'll admit at first, when I first start talking to somebody who is essentially a stranger, I do get very nervous. I'm a bit shaky. I'm full of nerves. I'm a bit jittery. But it's because I'm so passionate about what I do and because I want to help that I get a bit overwhelmed because there's so much I want to say. There's so much I want to do and I want to help so much. And once I get into the session, and they usually last an hour, once I get into the session, I get into my flow. This is my special interest. This is the thing I'm trained to do. This is this is my life. This is my passion. This is my thing. I, I do it, and I help my clients, and they either have a one-off session or follow-up sessions, or they get in touch with me weeks or months down the line if they need a refresher, and it's great. It's good, and... I finally learned that now I know that I'm autistic, I'm a lot kinder to myself. I have allowed myself to be less critical of myself, to put accommodations in place that I know will help me. Because what I would do, especially in like a face-to-face, is I would put on like a mask. It's not lying as such. It, it does come across as if I've been lying to people and I've not. What I've been doing is trying to be who I thought you wanted me to be. So not in regards to what I say and the advice that I give and the um, support that I offer, but in how I present myself as a pet bereavement counsellor. I would dress very formally. I would act very formal, very what I considered professional, because I wanted to convey and show people that I am a professional. I dress, look at me, I'm dressed professionally, I act professionally, I speak professionally, I have an authoritative tone, I am speaking how I imagine you would imagine a professional in this setting to behave, to act, to dress, to talk, to look. And it was like I was trying to be somebody I'm not, because this is my career, this is my business, this is my job, I run my own service, I work for myself. 
And I've realised that I was never 100% comfortable with this persona I put on because it wasn't actually me. It was a, a mask I put on to show people that this is me. I am a professional. Look, I am wearing professional things. I do professional things because that's what I thought was expected. That's what I thought made me good at my job. That's what I thought made me professional. And I realised that what makes me professional is me. I am a professional. I'm qualified. I'm overqualified in some areas of this job. I've got multiple qualifications in this area that I didn't necessarily have to have, but I wanted because one, it's my special interest. Two, I want to keep up to date with therapies and, you know, ways of supporting my clients. But also because it's, you know, I just want to help people. And I know I can do my job. And I've learned since I've discovered that I'm autistic, I've started to think that I can be kinder to myself and more relaxed because my approach never changed and will never change. But how I personally perceive myself and how I project myself to other people is what I need to sort of adapt and change. I need to be more carry and less carry the professional i will always be professional but now i've started to put accommodations in place that may mean that i'm more relaxed and you may find that if you have a face-to-face session with me i'm still going to dress properly you know i'm not going to just rock up in like i don't know an old t-shirt and trainers or something like that although there's nothing wrong with that you know if if that's what makes you feel comfortable then fine but I mean I could just turn up dressed how I would normally feel comfortable being dressed so for me that would be like leggings and my docks and a nice top it doesn't detract from my professionalism I might show my tattoos more which is something else I used to hide because I didn't feel I thought people would judge me for having tattoos and think oh she's not very professional she has tattoos my tattoos do not detract from my professionalism they do not detract from my knowledge and my ability to help so from now on I'm just going to be me unapologetically openly authentically autistic me and because really that is who I've always been even if on the outside the shell that I project isn't what I feel internally that is who I've always been so it's not as if I've lied to people and deceived people I've been deceiving myself really so accommodations that I've started to put into place would be wearing my noise cancelling headphones because loud environments or busier environments can be quite overstimulating for me. And this is one of the reasons why after a session, I need to be alone, I need to decompress, I need time to be in quiet and solitude and calm down. So wearing noise cancelling headphones means that external stimuli is reduced, but I can still hear you and I can still pay attention to you as I always have done, but it just means internally I'm a lot calmer. And I may wear sunglasses inside because sun lighting can be quite harsh and I find that fluorescent tube lighting can be quite overstimulating. Certain smells can be overstimulating and these accommodations don't affect you but they mean so much to me. They help me to be more relaxed and because I'm more relaxed I feel more confident in what I'm doing for you because Sometimes after a session, I would 
replay the whole interaction over and over and over in my head thinking did I say the right thing did I say this that I was meant to say and I would worry that somewhere I had messed up somewhere and it's only after I've read through my notes and I've had time to calm down and process what was said that I realised that no that's all in my head that's me worrying about things when in reality I didn't do anything wrong I've not missed anything out the whole session went really well it's my internal struggle that affects the way I viewed it and what I've also started to do is introduce a free 10 to 15 minute chat before a session where you can get to talk to me and see whether you think I'm the right fit for you because it's important that you're comfortable with me because you're going to be telling me things that you may not have told somebody else or that it's emotional and you want to be comfortable with the person you're seeking support and therapy from. And what I've started to do now is have a set list of questions, whereas before it would literally just be a very informal chat about what you, you know, why you need the support, why did you come to me, what do you, you know, how can I help? And we just have a quick chat and just see if you get a vibe, whether you vibe with me, whether you think I'm a good fit or not. But now I've introduced a specific set of questions and I've also added these questions to the pre-session consent form. And these questions mean that I get more of an idea of what is expected from me during the actual session itself. Because a lot of my struggles have been with not knowing what to expect. And as an autistic person, I struggle with change. I have an idea in my head of what I imagine will happen, how I imagine things to play out. And I can cope with that. I know where what I'm doing, I have a plan in place, but if something changes, it throws me off track and it can lead to overwhelm and sensory overload and potential meltdown, which affects me, it doesn't affect you, uh, but it affects me internally, mentally, emotionally. So the set of questions that I ask mean that I have a better understanding before a session of what you're expecting from me because I think a lot of my struggles have been not knowing what you expect so not me not feeling like I am meeting your expectations and as a people pleaser all I want is to make sure that your expectations of me were met and fulfilled and in some cases exceeded and if you're holistic or non-autistic you may be listening to this thinking that this isn't an issue, this is a non-issue, or, you know, I don't know, maybe you have other thoughts on this, and I'd be interested to know your thoughts, um, how you feel. But the reason why I'm telling you that I'm autistic is because I always have been, I always will be, and I'm just changing the way I run my business to suit my neurotype. I am no longer going to suppress things that are natural for my neurotype. So if you're neurodivergent, and neurodivergency doesn't just include autism and ADHD, there are, it's an umbrella term for a lot of other things. But if you are autistic, or if you have ADHD, uh, especially if you're autistic, you may find that 
speaking to somebody who is also autistic is what you need. It's what you would prefer because I will understand you in a way that a non-autistic person would. And if we do a face-to-face session, we can do whatever suits you, whatever helps you. Um, I have various fidget toys if you need some sensory input. Um, I can bring blankets if you want to, a, a blanket if you want to be comfortable. You can sit on the floor, you can sit on the chair, we can stand up, we can walk around the room. We can do whatever is best for you. I always felt like a session had to be very rigid, had to be very, I sit here, you sit there, we talk about things, there's back and forth interaction, you get the support, I hear what you need, I give you support and jobs are good and we're done. But I've realised that it doesn't have to be so rigid, that that was my interpretation of how sessions should go. And when I get into a session with somebody, especially a face-to-face, I find that it may start out quite rigid, but then we get into a flow and it becomes more comfortable and we both relax and we get into it. So I've realised that it can be like that from the very beginning. The sessions can be relaxed from the very moment we walk into the room we can do things in a session you could even if you wanted to you could even doodle you could color in pages we could do that together we could just listen to music and just chat it doesn't have to be formal it doesn't have to be rigid your therapy is whatever matters to you whatever get helps you whatever helps you to get the most out of that session and by me explaining my neurotype that I'm autistic that there are things that I do that you may not think I don't know I think sometimes I worry that the way I come across people don't know how to read me or they don't know why I speak the way I speak or why I don't look at you in the eye while I'm talking Um, and if I don't look at you in the eyes when I'm talking or when you're talking it doesn't mean I'm not listening In fact, it means I'm listening better because if I'm concentrating on looking at your face, looking in your eyes, I can't really take in what you're saying because I'm so focused on, should I be looking at the left eye? Should I be looking at the right eye? Should I be looking in the middle of the eyes? Should I be fluctuating between left and right eye? Should I look at a point above your ear? Should I look at your forehead? Should I look at your nose? Should I look at your lips? Where do I look? And this is something that a lot of autistic people struggle with. It's eye contact. It's it can be quite comfortable it can be almost painful to some people i find it quite uneasy looking somebody in the eyes it feels very intrusive in a way it feels very i don't know i I do struggle with that so if you are speaking to me either over the um over zoom or in a face-to-face and i'm not looking at you in the eyes it's not that i'm not paying attention i'm doing my best to pay more attention and i can do that by not directly looking at you and you'll find that if you asked me something I will have retained everything you've said even though I wasn't directly looking at you and you know I might start using a fidget in sessions because I do tend to fidget with my pen I do tend to fidget with my clothing or I fidget with my notebook and these are all forms of stimming which is self-regulatory behaviour And stimming isn't bad. Stimming is a good thing. Everybody stims. But when you're autistic, stimming is a self-regulatory behaviour. It's something that you do to calm yourself down, 
to it just feels good it helps to soothe you helps to regulate you helps to keep you in the present moment and so if you're okay with me using a fidget you know it could be I don't know like a squishy ball I've got it could be uh, a, I think they're called monkey noodles it's like a rubber string if you're okay with me fiddling with something great because it will help me to help you because I'll be able to self-regulate and it means I won't be clicking my pen which can be annoying or playing with my notebook which may come across as distracting and the things like with fidgets and things like that is that a lot of people have this misconception that if you have a fidget um, item that somehow you are less professional you are seen as being less professional like you're playing with a toy and that isn't the case everybody fidgets with something at some point and it doesn't detract from who I am it doesn't detract from what I can do it doesn't detract from what I can offer you and I wanted to be very transparent and very open about my diagnosis because autism is something I have always had I was born with it it is not something I can change it isn't something I will grow out of I'm 40 now I'm not growing out of it it is the way my brain developed and it it to be honest i think that being autistic has made me a good pet bereavement counselor because i see things in a different way to other people i see different perspectives that people may not have thought of i think outside the box and i see solutions to things and i see different angles and i use this in my work i will that's what I do. I offer different perspectives on what you're going through because it's easy to look on the outside, from the outside in. When you're in the thick of it, you don't always see these other options. Whereas I can see things that you may not have thought of. I can put it to you and then you can do with that information what you will. You can decide how you interpret that information and a lot of the times people will say, I never thought of it that way. That makes so much more sense. Thank you. And I'm like, oh, job well done, Carrie. Well done. And so, you know, me being autistic doesn't mean I cannot do my job. I've been doing this job for 20 years. Well, 21 years this year. I know what I'm doing. I'm trained to do this job. I'm knowledgeable enough to do this job. Me being autistic does not affect my job and my ability to do my job. If anything, I would say it makes me better at it. Um, and because grief and bereavement is, and animals in general are my special interest it, and have been since I was a child, I think that's why I'm good at what I do. And that might sound a bit conceited, oh, I'm good at what I do, but I am. I know I am. I know I can help people and I have helped people. I've helped numerous people over the years. And I hope that now that I've, I've disclosed my diagnosis, that I'll be able to help even more people. And I hope it doesn't put anyone off seeking my support because, you know, there are all these misconceptions that autistic people don't, don't have empathy and nothing could be further from the truth. In fact, some people, some autistic people are hyper empathetic we feel things on a deeper level than you would imagine. And I think it's my hyper empathy and ability to try and put myself into your shoes and imagine how you're maybe feeling. That isn't to say I will ever try to tell you how you're feeling. 
I would, you know, it just means I can try and put myself in your position. And I think that this hyper empathy helps me to help you because I think that's why I'm so understanding of what you're going through. Not only because I've been there myself at different stages in my life, whether personally losing my own pets or through working the vets where I witnessed death on a regular basis, but that, you know, I just, I'm aware of how it feels and I am also aware of how you may feel. And so I think that's what helps me to help you. So thank you for listening. If you've listened this far, thank you so much for your time and for letting me get this off my chest. And as always, these episodes, they're, they're unscripted. They, it's literally just me hitting record and saying whatever comes to mind. And so this is completely natural, straight off the chest. I, you know, I wanted to get it out there. And I would love to hear your feedback. And if you're a former client, please, you know, let me know if... Um, if, if there's anything that you feel I could have done differently or you wish I'd have done differently or was there anything that you felt I did that was a strong point? Because it, it would just be nice to know where my strengths lie, but also if there's anything that needs tweaking. I'm always open to feedback, good, bad or in between. Any feedback is good because it helps me to learn, helps me to grow and ultimately helps me to help you. So, that's it this is the end of this episode it's a very short one today but I just had to say something I just wanted to get it out there and I've put on my website that I am autistic and that obviously I am you know neurodiverse friendly I'm also LGBTQIA plus friendly and you know if you have any particular needs I will do my very best to accommodate them and help you because ultimately that's what I'm here for, to help you. So again, thank you for your time. Thank you for listening and take care of yourselves and goodbye.